0: Welcome to The O Show, your number one podcast for everything training, mindset, and nutrition. I am your host, Ora McCurry, and it is my goal to help you access the best information around to allow you to kick ass in the gym, in the kitchen, and most importantly, in your head. Between my own experiences and those of my amazing guests, I'm confident we will do that. So let's strap in and level up your life starting right now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, guys. Welcome to today's episode of The O Show. I am your host, Oren Macquarie, and I am t- here today with a man who travels the world for a, a career that is full of passion, but he also was able to maintain a killer physique year-round. He's like somebody that I know from my childhood, little little village in Restrever, uh, back home, that you know, ev- everyone Kind of reconnects after all these years and he keeps commenting on my photos every time I post the throwbacks in. This is how I remember you because he can remember, <laughs> he can remember the old school me. We have Mr. Tom Brandon on here. How are you, Tom? I'm good, Owen. How are you? Good man. Good. And you're currently sitting outside for anyone who might see the clips on on Instagram when I clip this up. And you're in Sunny Bilbao at the minute, right? It's lovely. Yeah, how look. Beautiful. Beautiful view. So you're uh, currently uh, 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 traveling, sorry, right?
1: Yeah, so I'm on a cruise ship here around the mid. Um, I'm doing a gig with a group called the Shamrock Tenors, and first time gigging with these guys. Um, we basically, just work two nights for the entire two week cruise. So the rest of the time, I'm I'm on a wee holiday. Um, wow. So yeah, not a bad life.
0: So that I means that's that's pretty interesting as well. The fact that you get like you get essentially go on a cruise around the world and you're only working two nights out of fourteen like that's that's a pretty killer schedule.
1: Yeah, I know. I' funny. I was on the phone with my mum earlier and I was telling her like she was like, so, "So you're not working tonight?" And I was like, "Yeah, tonight's literally the first night of, of, of I start work. Like I've been <laughs> on here for about, for about, I've been on here for about a week." And um, going back, actually, you said about killer physique. I don't feel like it now. All the tapas I've been eating the last week and the wine <laughs> I've been drinking. Um, but yeah, so it, yeah, it's great. We literally come on, sing two gigs one night, and then we do like a, an afternoon show a couple of days later. Um, and that's it for the whole two weeks. Um, wow. it's called a uh, guest guest entertainer work. So you go on, like obviously these these big cruise ships, they have their resident casts, like of performers. Guest entertainers basically come on for like a cruise or a few nights and just perform their gig, uh, but but for this one we've got to stay on for two weeks and enjoy this week the med and then next week we're going to the Norwegian fjords, wow. um up in Norway. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, amazing, man, amazing. And let's
0: let's go back to some of the background, right? Because uh, anyone who's listening from Restrever will know you're heavily involved in music, very musical family. Sort of, how did you get into well, obviously the family got you into music, but how did that then continue? Probably from when I knew you being teenagers to, to where you are now. Like what have you done to, to get the the brand and I guess the the career that you
1: have now out of it? Yeah, well, like you said, um, I come I come from a very musical family. Um and I was pretty much forced into it as a child. Like <laughs> I, I I did didn't didn't really enjoy it. I knew I was quite good at it, but I didn't really love it. Um it wasn't until I was about 15, 16, and realised I wasn't good at anything else, <laughs> um, no, that I, I started to take it seriously and I, I started to explore the, the options available, about looking into going into Lon- going over to London and studying over there. So I did that um, when I was 18, I made the move by myself, um, the big smoke. And um spent four years studying there. I did a BA, musical theatre, and then did a one-year master's at the Royal Academy of Music. Um, and then from there, I've I signed with an agent, and I've basically been been touring, touring the world for the last eight nine years, and uh, spent the last six months in the West End there uh, with a show called The Choir of Man. Um, and that's the same show I've been to Sydney Opera House twice with it. Been out to the Adelaide Fringe Festival. I haven't quite made it out to Perth just yet. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. I've I've like I said I've been travel I've. I'm up to 70 countries now traveling. Um but now that I've 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 actually met someone, met a nice Spanish girl who um planning a future with, I think this is the the the, the traveling's gonna have to stop uh, pretty soon because um yeah. she's she's uh, losing her patience with me.
0: <laughs> I can say I mean that's probably hard, right? It's hard on your fitness that we're gonna speak about it as well, but like long distance relationship essentially when you go off to Australia or Spain for two weeks and then the are Region yeah. for yours and that, you know
1: yeah yeah it's hard it's hard like i mean especially when on the ships as well where the the wi-fi is terrible um i'll maybe send a few messages a day and um yeah i, I get off in port the first thing i do is is, is a, a column missus or um yeah. even when, or, or when i'm in australia you know the time difference is is yeah. almost impossible i wake up and she's she's going to sleep etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah um but we've, we've 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 learned to make it work so yeah, that's
0: good, man. That's good. And then, yeah. when you settle down like that, were like, do you think you'll have a a solid base and still do this, or are you gonna sort of focus on local gigs when you eventually do find that that settling down that base wherever you're gonna be?
1: Who knows? Who knows? I, I mean, we we change our mind every week. Like one week we're looking at, at houses in Costa Brava, Barcelona. Next we're looking at houses in Mestrever, County Down. Um. I don't know i don't know and i kind of like the um the openness and the spontaneity of it is that uh we're we're both really happy you know we're we're both in our 30s now no kids yet um so we're we we have that kind of freedom to to go away somewhere to travel and you know we, we were talking about going away to bali for a few months maybe and just 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 seeing seeing the world yeah. um so in terms of base i don't know yet don't know uh Probably home. I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a homeboy. I love family, and uh, I love Restrever where we live. It's beautiful. Like having traveled the world, it makes me appreciate it even more. Yeah. Um. So I think I think um, as much as I love the sunshine here in Spain, um, I think Restrever is where I'll where I'll end up. Yeah, for a man,
0: for and that's it's it's a nice spot to obviously launch off. And you, if you do decide to go go different places, obviously you can bring the missus to certain gigs and different things as well. And she gets a bit of travel hopefully out of it too. You know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that is the plan. Um, I mean, I've I've been traveling with groups, but the idea is that I'd I'd travel as a solo artist um at some point in the next few years and I'd be able to take her with me. Yeah. Um she gets she gets free holiday out of it. You know, she's getting jealous of my my snaps in the sun here. So yeah. <laughs> it says so, man. I say so. Well, let's let's dive <laughs> in, mate, because when we reconnected, I think it was about a
0: year ago, whenever you were starting to come out here, or maybe just before that. I can't remember whether you you were out or not. But I remember seeing, like, oh hey, I'm pretty sure this is Tom O'Dwyer from back home. And obviously, uh-huh. you go by your middle name for the, the career. And I was like, this is him. I'm gonna message, him. I'm gonna message him and say, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. But you were in the middle of this mad, you were the first group that was essentially allowed in post-COVID and all the, the serious restrictions that were over here. You know, people weren't even allowed to come over for um, like, you know, people couldn't get their family in if they were like sick or you know, they had issues with, you know child care or whatever, they couldn't get any exemption, but whenever they relaxed a bit, you guys were one of the first ones to come in. So let's talk about that. How was that experience of being, I, I'm pretty sure you said it was, if not the first group allowed back in, you were one of the first allowed back in, and that was to essentially do these um, residencies or whatever you want to call them at at the Sydney Opera House, which is is huge, right?
1: Yeah, I believe so. I think we were the first artists to perform at, at Sydney Opera House when when we reopened from COVID. Um but the whole traveling over to Australia was a very um it, it was weird because obviously we we are absolutely delighted, ecstatic to be working after after the whole COVID mess. Um, Australia was the only country in the world, or Australia or New Zealand, seemingly that that had some sort of work or or life was kind of a semi-normal. Um, so for us to be let back in, that was, that was crazy. I remember at the time there was, it was on, off, on, off, on, off, whether it was going to happen with visas, our flights, they kept canceling our flights. Um, our producer is Australian, um, a guy called Andrew K. And he'd done shows at Sydney Opera House before. So I think Sydney Opera House worked really hard making sure that we, we got over here. Um, but like you said, there was, there was lots of people couldn't get home and, and things they got. So it it was, you know there was a little bit of guilt there because, um, I was I was lucky enough to be, to be like sponsored by Sydney Opera House and they they managed to get us into the country. Um, but we, I mean w- when we were there, Sydney Opera House made sure we were, um, like not going out or <laughs> we went f- from the hotel to the Opera House back to the hotel. We weren't really allowed any sort of social life because I think at the end of the day, if one of us had caught COVID, you would have seen the headline. Uh, Sydney Opera House brings UK or Irish COVID, you know, yeah. to, to Australia and that would have been yeah. disastrous. Um, But yeah, so we had all that. We had, we had the two-week hotel quarantine in, in Melbourne and then we we went over to Sydney and um, yeah, as, as, as great as it was performing at the Opera House and, and being in Sydney in the beautiful weather and, and just working again, um, it wasn't the same as when we'd been there before uh, pre-COVID because we were, all eyes were on us, you know, all eyes were on Sydney Opera House because they had to get it right because like I said, we were the first group to open in Australia. So if it went wrong, um, it would have fallen on us and on the opera house. Um, but no, it was great. There was no cases. We we did the whole run. I know later on, a few months later, I think there was they had issues, then they had to close the opera house. But for us, thankfully it was fine. Um and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a
0: man. And then let's talk about that, like going into the two week, like it's quite quite probably one of the strictest quarantines in the world where you had to quarantine in the hotel like people in the UK were flying to Dubai and straight back with no quarantine and all this madness and then you you obviously then have to come in fly to Melbourne and you do your two weeks in isolation and how did you find that whole experience coming from pretty much the UK and Ireland was like this little you know at that moment it was free travel essentially
1: yeah, so I, me- I remember um, reading up on it in advance and reading that Victoria had the strictest rules. Like they weren't even allowed uh, air, like fresh air. So <laughs> there was no, there was no open windows. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like in advance, I'm, like we were doing all the research and seeing what what hotels we could possibly get. That sounded horrendous in comparison to to South Australia or or. Uh, God, I can't remember any of the states now in Australia. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it seemed it seemed like in in Victoria that was the worst. Um, so but luckily when we got there, we were put in a beautiful, beautiful hotel overlooking the Yarra rivers. Um, and there was loads of room to do workouts and and other things and just play around and like it didn't really feel. Um, I mean, i I've would seen photos and heard stories of of other people being crammed into these little rooms and it being awful but to be honest ours wasn't actually that bad and there was like i said there was about 12 of us in total um during the quarantine so we all kind of had our zoom daily zoom calls i was leading daily f45 style workouts at uh, 10 a.m like we, we, we had this schedule It was actually really good everyone talks about it now they said you know what that was actually a lifesaver because when you get up you get into that routine, you get the workout done and you feel great yeah. for the rest of the day. Luckily we had the space in the hotel to do that. Um But so yeah, all in all it it, it was, I mean, being locked in the in a room for two weeks isn't great, but I think we, we got, um, we, we got off quite lightly with our, with our conditions on our hotel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Firm and firm. And then obviously you said about the F45 style workouts and you're leading that. So um yeah. Where where's your background in fitness come from? Because we're going to talk a little bit about that. But obviously, you're you're setting up a little small studio for this summer in Restreber You I've seen you've worked in F45s and you've done lots of F45 stuff when you're over here as well. Um, after the the tour ended, um, what's your sort of background in in fitness and what do you you enjoy yourself personally?
1: Well, I I grew up playing Gaelic football and a bit of rugby. And I was always quite chubby, as you know, when I, when <laughs> I was younger. And I got So someone in ever nicknamed me Chubs. Um, but then, but then, when I when I was eighteen, I had my heart broken My first girlfriend. Um, she dumped me, and uh, I I was I was still chubby then. And then I I just had this this thing inside me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get fit. And. Um, I got into it. I, I, I lost like four stone in like three months or something like that. And, 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 and in, a, in a safe way as well. Um, I just worked hard, I worked hard. I kind of my calories. Um, and, um, then from then I just got, I got, I got really into it and I, I took all my qualifications, um, all my, my PT stuff. Um, and then I, I, I get into functional training, um, just it started from just from going to classes, which I'd say most people do who get into functional training. They they, they go to a class and then they're like, actually, this class I'm gonna I'm gonna take it up. I'm gonna take it further. So um, yeah, I I love that. It's not quite CrossFit, but like kind of like a tame CrossFit, yeah. um, somewhere in between F forty five and CrossFit, um, like he- heavy heavy compound lifts, but without the the gymnastic technique requirements. Yeah. Um, that's kind of that's the sort of thing that I love to do, and um. Anyone I'm, I'm training, that's kind of what, what I would do with them. Um, so, yeah, so I got into to that kind of training. Um, and then I found F45, which was actually just a, a coincidence because my other half lived in Edinburgh, um, and they opened one there, and I was like, well, this, this is handy because I'm going to have a bit of free time now. So I tried it out. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, for me, there's only so long you can stay in that kind of uh, workout environment as, as a trainer because obviously, obviously everything on the screens and um, you kind of want a bit of uh, responsibility in terms of designing the warm-ups and the yeah. workouts themselves. Um, so I, I, I set that aside. Um, and then I, I started coaching at a gym in London called UNIT, um, which is, is, is uh, like I say, it's like a team CrossFit. Um, it's uh, group training, all the heavy lifting uh, and I I love it, and that's kind of where my training is at at the minute. Um, like you said, I'm going to go back to Restrever in the summer and start my own kind of, um, business. I mean, I've been doing some online personal training, but nothing really to the extent where I want it to be. Just because I've been so busy with performing and and traveling and stuff, I haven't really had time to sit down and focus on that. So that's kind of the aim for this summer is to get that up and running. Um, so yeah, sorry, that's a long answer.
0: <laughs> no, no, bang on, bang on, and obviously it's um. It's probably the type of training. Like, obviously, you can't if you're in the hotel. Like, you can't do, you know, heavy deadlifts, heavy squats, or whatever. But a lot of the the stuff from that functional style of training can easily then be put into these like Zoom workouts, like you did with the boys. And like it it that sort of probably served you well in terms of right getting a bit creative. What what would I normally put in a class that can be done in this this little space here, and that the boys can do in their rooms as
1: well? You know, you know, at the first the first day we got into the hotel, I went around the room looking in the cupboards, right? What can we use? What can we do? And I knew because I I knew everyone had the same exact same thing in the hotel rooms that I did. So there was a a dressing gown, obviously with the rope around it, right? There's yeah. my pulley. Excellent. And then there was like a, a, a big bucket. It must like filled up with water, weighed about twenty kilos. Excellent. Wow. So you you got your bicep curls there, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um you can do some sort of deadlifts. Um so, yeah we' were, we we were improvising i was doing these f forty five style workouts um like i say at ten a m every day and then i'd do like a kind of abs workout for which was optional for everyone like three o'clock and then we'd do a, a kind of a um a weights thing in the evening uh which was with these buckets with the, yeah. the <laughs> uh but it was great i i, I love getting um getting creative and just uh, everyone everyone was uh Really enjoying it. Well, it had to it had to be because they're all bored in the hotel rooms. But uh, we 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 had a we had a great time doing it.
0: Nice man, nice. And then let's talk about that experience. <laughs> two weeks in isolation. You know, it sounds like you had a better experience than most people. But how did it feel then? Like actually being released after two weeks in that that hotel quarantine.
1: It was it was amazing, and I think part of why the quarantine wasn't that difficult was because we knew there was light at the end of the tunnel. We knew what was what was to come. Um, I remember leaving the hotel and even just the sound of cars and everything was quite like, geez, oh, this is this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was like a, a shock to the system. And even just going into a, a, a coffee shop and, and getting the coffee, you know, that was like because we didn't have we didn't have that at home at that point. Every, everything was closed. You no, know, it was only yeah. shop, it was only like shops that were open. Um, so it was it, it was amazing. It was it was really like, like I said, we were all super, super grateful to be there. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things that like hopefully will never happen again in my lifetime, but um, I'll probably be talking about it for, for decades, about how I spent two weeks in the hotel room in Australia. Like, Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah man, killer, killer. And um, huh. I mean, let's then talk about this show because Choir of Man, like I was jealous I wasn't over on the East Coast to be able to go and see it because the uh. clips looked insane and what people were saying about it was, was great so let's talk about like the concept of th- this show itself because I thought that was you know pretty interesting and pretty killer and not nothing that I'd sort of seen prior you know
1: yeah so the the show started five years ago with nine guys in the room I was one of the nine guys and the idea was they wanted nine regular blokes um drinking beer and singing songs in nine part harmony so so the whole uh, the whole uh, thing about the show was that it was shocking that these nine normal looking lads could sing so beautifully but it then turned into something completely different um i mean we still sung and and drunk beer and give out free beer to the audience etc etc but um it turned into this show about men's mental health um and about how uh the pub is like a safe space um like like the church or the mosque is for other people like in ireland people go to the pub just to uh leave your worries at the door and like come in and talk and just and, and have a pint and, and a chat and watch the football or whatever. Um and it is it's it, it is that safe space. And um there was thousands of them closed throughout COVID, so it became more and more relevant over the last um two years now as well. Um but yeah, I, I mean as as each year passes, the show seems to become more and more relevant. And um, like I said, it, it's 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 around beer. So the show is set in a pub and we give out free beer to the audience. And if there's any nationality that loves to drink as much as the Irish it's Australians like yeah. so um so our show went down an absolute hit and my song in the show is is Johnny Farham you're the voice yeah um so remember I just sing that first line and then the audience would go wild and they'd sing the rest of it for me Could we there yeah. it at the Adelaide Fringe, Adelaide Fringe Festival that's where it started in Australia and then it's been there another two or three times since and then it's been to the Perth Fringe uh, and then like I said it's been to Sydney Opera House uh three times um and we and I believe it might be going back to Australia next year for a tour. Um, if it is, I'll, I'll probably look to to do that myself and take my other half with me. So yeah, we'll nice man,
0: nice and see it. And I was gonna say about the Johnny Farnham song because. Every time I would see your story when you're over, there was a clip of you singing that. Obviously, people are recording your, your main bits and whatever and posting it. I mean, I swear the whole time you're in Australia, that song was like in my head nonstop. Uh-huh. So I'd see it every day. And I'd actually turn on because it was, it was so uh, captivating to see it done live. I would actually, I mean, I don't normally my phone's on silent a lot of the time. It would I, I would actually turn the volume on the, the story to listen to it every night, you know, <laughs> whenever uh-huh. I was watching it. And so uh-huh. the whole time you were in Australia, it was in my head.
1: Joe, <laughs> uh, it's so funny when I do that, because I've toured America with the show as well. And like when I go to America with it, nobody knows that song, like yeah. nobody. So it kind of goes down like a lead balloon. In UK, people, like about 20% of the audience sing along with it because um, it depends how old you are. Um whereas in Australia, just everyone, it's like their anthem, like it's a hundred percent. I feel like I feel like a feel like we're gonna rock star there, like
0: it's cool. yeah man, killer, killer. So yeah. then yeah. you've obviously been back and forth and things, but what so you're on the, the cruise ship now with the Shamrock tenors, is that right? Correct, yeah. And this is a new group. So how then do you end up like going from the choir of man shows, which was quite recent, to then now being involved with this?
1: Uh, so this group, Shamrock Tenors, um, was created about two years ago by my friend Raymond Walsh. And actually, me and Raymond had the idea about three years ago that we were going to set up an Irish group. Um, then I, I things took off for me with Choir of Man, so I went my, my own way, and he set up this group. And they've since blown up, uh, so to speak. They've, they've toured America, and um, they've got a European tour coming now. So he's always been keen to get me involved. Um, when my time with Choir of Man came to an end which might be now I don't know Um, we'll see Uh, but for now I'm I'm definitely not doing anything this year with Choir of Man so it's a perfect time to try other things and and, you know as a performer um, same with your training you just need to change it up every so often because otherwise you creatively go a bit uh, numb so I I, I was so keen to just uh, try other things and um, this show the Shamrock Tenors is all Irish folk music so it's for me, it's easy. It's the stuff I did when I was young. Well, but when I say easy, I mean it, it comes naturally to me and that um, I'm quite good at it, so I don't have to like act or I just be myself. Um, yeah. So it's, it's it's a nice little gig. Um, actually, tonight tonight is my first gig with them on the ship, um, so I'm looking forward to doing that, getting involved.
0: I'll have to keep an eye out for the story tomorrow, I guess, my time whenever you post it, if it, there's anything on there about how it went. Um. But what's the what's oh, well, sort of, what's the key ones? I know it's your first night, but what's the key songs? What do you think is going to be the ones that blow up on, on this cruise through Spain, like, of the, the Shamrock tenors? then?
1: Uh, we do Whiskey in the Jar, Wild Rover, Rocky Road to Dublin. Uh, we do Grace, I Hope I Have Tears, Parting Glass, Galway Girl, all those, you know, all, all the yeah. tunes that, you that like, every, everyone know, everyone from Ireland knows, and most people from the UK. This, this ship is mostly UK visitors. So yeah. I think they, they'll go mad. They'll go mad for it as well. So, yeah. Uh, but man. but the but the show the show also talks about like Irish history and um, uh, like each each song is introduced and, and and the meaning behind it and where it came from. So it's a little bit of a history lesson as well. Um, yeah, nice. So
0: yeah, it's good. Yeah, nice man. And maybe if you come out to Australia of acquire man next year, you can get the Shamrock Tenors lined up with the same venues and get get promoting while you're out here, huh? Yeah, as long as I get double the pay, then I'll, I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> nice man nice and then what's what's training look like now for you buddy I know obviously you're on the the cruise ship now but prior to going on the cruise and then while you're currently there like what can you do I like, guess there a well-equipped gym on the cruise and you know what's what's happening with that
1: yeah this this, this ship um is great actually they've got dumbbells up the up to 45 kilos so oh, wow. sorted like you, yeah so it's fine um and then they've got great machines. I mean, I wouldn't really use machines in general, but, um, they've got, it's, it's fully equipped. You've got all the raw machines and everything there. There's a nice little studio to do my own little stuff. Um, cause most of my, most of my, my, my training and my workouts would be, I'd, I'd be quite strict with 40 to 45 minutes and just getting it done kind of short rest, uh, periods. Um, so I've, I've been able to stick to my, my typical, uh, training regime. However, the food I have not been able to stick to is <laughs> the food on food on cruise ships is just like, um, it's, it's not the same. It's like um, uh, you know when you when you ha- if you if you have an omelet, it just tastes like rubber because I think the eggs I don't know where they've come from and stuff. And uh, if there's, a, I went to get grilled chicken and vegetables and rice the other day, and the the vegetables are all soaked in oil and yeah, like it's okay. just it's, it's 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 difficult. It's difficult to stick to a healthy diet. So I'm just trying to make sure that I balance it. Like I'm sometimes training twice a day just to like, you know, um, yeah. make, make sure I don't, I don't put a wee belly on myself here.
0: Yeah. Fair enough, man. And I guess <laughs> on those ships it's, it's catered towards taste, 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 which, um, and it's probably cooked on mass for like heaps of people. So it's not, it's not, yeah. like you can just go up to the chef and say, Hey, can you chuck me some of those veggies without all this mad
1: oil over it? Right. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I actually, the first day I asked for an omelet with no oil and he would kind of looked at me like, like <laughs> what? He's like, no, 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 no. We have to. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. For an I guess it, it's short term as well, mate. And uh, you'll be fine. Like you say, you know how to work around it and how to train hard while you're there to, to mitigate those those effects.
1: Well, exactly. The, the fact that my calories are, are higher than they typically would be. I'm thinking this as a, hypertrophy to two weeks you know so i'm yeah. just like lifting a lot of weights using those calories to put on a put on a bit of muscle
0: yeah awesome man awesome and then what's yeah. next after this cruise like have you got anything i know you're talking about going home for for the summer but have you got anything lined up in terms of potential future gigs or i know you're taking this year off fire man but what's kind of in the pipeline
1: yeah i've got i've got various gigs now up until november um, I've got a European tour with the show I've, I've actually worked as a vocal director um, for Celebrity Cruise Lines which involves going on the ships to teach the casts the, all because they have like four or five shows to learn and I yeah. basically I'm in charge of teaching them all the music I go on um, for a couple of weeks and then head home after that um, so after this I've got a week off and then I go to join another celebrity ship in Rome goes around the Greek islands and stuff uh, Santorini, Mykonos all those um, and then I'll be I'll be on that for three weeks, basically just teaching these guys. Um, that will be a bit more full on, so it'll be probably like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day um, because they've only got two, three weeks with me on board to teach teach all this material. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 it's well-paid. I do get a lot of free time um, and I enjoy it, mo- most importantly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what's next. Um, and then I have, a, I have a couple other gigs with, with these guys, the Shamrock Tenors, um, and then another group called the Fortunes. I basically... Trying to do as many different things as possible at the minute, um, just to see what what I actually, what I'd what I'd would like to do semi permanently for the next while. So yeah, I'm in a nice place to move. Amazing, man. Amazing. And I mean, people who have been listening to this they have probably enjoyed having the,
0: the duo Irish accents on here. Normally people are saying about how good my accent is on the, these shows <laughs> when I've got the Australian guests, but they've had double whammy tourist Trevor men on here with, with quite similar yeah. accents. So people have liked what they've heard, if they want to go on and actually listen to the, the voice in terms of the music and, and hear how you actually sing and perform, how do they find you on Instagram? Um, and then I will link that below as well for anyone who wants to just click the link.
1: Yeah, on Instagram, I've got some stuff on Spotify and YouTube as well. Uh, you can find it all on, on you'll find it all on my Instagram. So, yeah.
0: Awesome, awesome. Mate, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. I know that um obviously it's probably midday there, it's getting near lunchtime. You're out in the beautiful sun. I'll not let you bake in there too much longer. But mate, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, this has been episode number nine of the OSHO guys. Chuck Tom will follow using the link below, or if you like searching. It's at Tom Brandon music. I'm sure. Yep. Yep. So Tom Brandon music on Instagram. If you like to type it into your bar, if you've got your phone out right now and you don't want to click the link, go do that now and um, get involved. He's got a tremendous voice. Like you say, he's going to be touring the world. This guy's hopefully going to keep blowing up, blowing up and doing everything uh. he wants to do in that, that realm. So give him a follow guys and give us some feedback on the episode. If you've enjoyed it, screenshot, tag us, and let us know you've enjoyed it. But Tom, thank you for your time, mate. I truly appreciate it. And I will speak to you soon, mate.
1: Thank you, Oren. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for joining me on today's episode of The O Show. If you know somebody who needs to hear this episode today, please share this with them via message or on social media. Don't forget to also take a screenshot and share it on your story and tag me at Oren McCurry so we can continue to go the podcast and help more people change their lives with the advice given here. Also, keep the five star reviews coming over on iTunes as that helps people who normally wouldn't listen to the show find it and get the O Show in their ears and drive the podcast forward to help more people around the world with the advice here. Have a great day, and I will speak to you soon.